Welcome to Quick Brain, bite-sized brain hacks for busy people who want to learn faster and achieve more. I'm your coach, Jim Quick. Free your mind. Let's imagine if we could access 100% of our brain's capacity. I wasn't high, wasn't wired, just clear. I knew what I needed to do and how to do it. I know Kung Fu. Show me. Here is your question of the day. How do you build mental muscle? How do you build a level of mental fitness where just like your physical muscles, you want them to be stronger, you want them to be flexible, you want them to be energized, you want them to be pliable and agile. How do you do that for the most important quote unquote muscle in your body, which I believe is your mind? We have three guest experts that are gonna share with you usable tip on how to do it from their body of work. And when I say this word body, you've heard this phrase, as your body moves, your brain grooves. So we're gonna talk about exercise. Of course, we all know that exercise, your body is as important to your health, but what about your brain? Your brain, again, is like a muscle. It's use it or lose it. The more you use it, the better it can get. And the key really is just like to build physical muscles, it requires novelty and nutrition. And we've talked a lot about neuronutrition. And what we're gonna talk about here is the novelty you give your body that improves your mental fitness. And so it's wonderful to be able to stimulate your mind through various exercise to build resilience, to, to boost your, uh, your mental focus. You know, when you move your body, you create these things called brain-derived neurotropic factors, BDNF, which is like fertilizer for neurogenesis and neuroplasticity. And so let me go right into it. We have three special guests for you in this episode. And take notes, as always, and remember, ask yourself, how am I going to use this? Why must I use this? And when will I use this? Our first guest is Aaron Alexander. You know him from his work with the Aligned Method. And he's a manual therapist. He's a movement coach. He speaks internationally, educating, inspiring thousands of individuals on how to move optimally on a moment-to-moment -moment basis. So enjoy his advice. What are the biggest mistakes people are making with their body and how can they hack this incredible system? One really big one that people are probably hopefully savvy with by now because it's become more popular is that your posture does affect you at a hormonal level. So as you're standing in an upright position, this is something you'll get in like any type of you know, body language book is you go in before the meeting, you bring your arms up over your head and you open the chest and superwoman mm -hmm. position, whatever you call it. <laughs> Right? And that puts you into a place where at a cellular level, you know, I say your cells don't have eyes, but they can feel you. So inside there, they're saying, oh, okay, Jim's winning. He's all upright and like stoked. He must be winning. So it starts yeah. juicing up with testosterone, starts decreasing stress hormones. The inverse happens when Jim goes into this depressed, hunched over position. Yeah. The cells are in there, they're blind, but they feel you're hunching over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, oh, something's wrong. His cat died. And they start upregulating all these not so good feeling yeah. neurotransmitters. When people are holding their phones, like their body, what is that communicating to their mind in terms of how they feel? Yeah, so a really simple 
hack you could say for that is just hinge at your hips as you're working on the phone. Mm -hmm. So the tendency that we have, because we've been trained, we end up just hunching over and hinging at this part around like our heart, like thoracic spine. And that becomes the way that we go through the world. Then our head jacks up. We have this forward head posture. Mm -hmm. We have this collapsed chest, right? And then eventually it's maybe a dowager's hump which means dignified elderly woman, dowagers, which it's like not a very sexy thing to have a huge bulge in the back of your neck. Right. So it's the beginning stages of those patterns as you're hunching over looking at the phone. A really simple fix for that is just keep that spine long. It's okay to look at the ground, but hinge from the hips. You know, so you learn that in like yoga practices, right. warrior one, warrior two. Even when you were bent over like that and you were hunched down like that, if you take the phone out and I just seen like the silhouette of your physiology, dude, it looks like you're sad. It looks That's like it. you're depressed. That's it. I mean, you're really sending those signals to your mind. To your mind. And then you're also sending that feedback to everyone around you. So everyone around you now perceives you as a little bit more of a loser than they did before. <laughs> right? And you know, it's all of a sudden like, oh, Jim, what's wrong? Yeah. Dude, are you okay? You look tired. You're like, oh no, I feel terrible. So as we end up becoming more wealthy and more, you know, dependent on technology and all that, from an outward perspective, it's like, wow, they're winning. They're doing a great job. But literally that technology, it's forming us into this depressed mold. So at the same time, when we have more information around how to be healthy, we have better technology than ever before, mm -hmm. all of a sudden depression is, continues to go up, yeah. right? So now it's the number one leading cause of disability worldwide, right? Anxiety, obesity, all of these things, you know, hip disease, you know, all these different diseases through our body, they're going up as we become more affluent. How can people trigger that so it becomes more of a habit where it becomes something they're doing more routinely instead of just when they're unconscious, that's when all these bad routines come in. Yeah. You know? I mean, you can always just come back to breath. That's like your anchor point. Something people can think about is, is first think about the breath and emphasize the breath out. So six seconds out, four seconds in. Just normally. Yeah. Breathe through the nose. Okay. That's a big one. So why would that be? One thing, your nose is kind of like the whole L5-S1 wedge shape, like you're going against your physiology by being hunched over in this fetal position mm -hmm. all the time. Well, that's the same thing with your face. Okay. So your nose is built to breathe. Mm -hmm. Your mouth is built to eat. So when you're breathing air through your nostrils, it goes back through these passages that end up allowing your body to start to release nitric oxide, for an example. That air goes through this labyrinth of blood vessels that ends up releasing nitric oxide because that's your body's built to do that naturally. As we start to breathe through our mouth, something kind of funny that happens, you can tell a mouth breather. They'll end up having their chin kind of pouring back a little bit. They almost have like that double chin thing starting to happen. They actually end up having less testosterone. Interesting. So you can literally change your facial structure just through breathing correctly or breathing through your nose. And then another part with that is breathing through your nose creates a little bit of a restriction on the breath. Mm -hmm. which causes your muscles to have to start to come online. So that Ooh. restriction of that breath causes your diaphragm to finally woo, engage. So you'll feel a difference. If you breathe through your nose, you'll feel a little bit of more of like an abdominal breath. As you breathe through your mouth, you'll feel it's a little bit more up in the chest. That sends a signal to your biology that you're panicking. If you're breathing through the chest, it's saying, line in the room, get the heck out. Next up is Sean Stevenson who is one of my sleep senseis. He is the best-selling author of an incredible book called Sleep Smarter. And when he visited me in my home, we went to the gym, the, uh, the mental gym, and there we recorded this for you on how to build mental muscle. Enjoy. 
What's so interesting right off the bat is that just like your muscles, your brain can grow and develop, but it, it can also atrophy. And that's kind of the scary part. And so we see this loss of brain volume and also function as we get older, it tends to be. And one of these big strategies we're gonna talk about today is the connection between what our muscles are doing and what our brain is actually doing. So let's start with this. There's a randomized controlled trial, and this was published in the uh, Archives of Internal Medicine. And what they did was, they put folks through a strength training regimen and they found that just the process and act of doing the strength training program was able to literally cause this cognitive and functional brain plasticity improvement. This is literally a growth in, in brain volume potentially, but also in connections. And so that gray matter specifically, uh, we're looking at the axon terminals, dendrites, neuronal cell bodies, all that good stuff, and maintaining their form and function all from lifting weights. And so what I did was I put together three specific forms of exercise for people okay. that your brain craves. First one is, we'll stay on this with strength training. All right, we need to lift heavy things. A couple of tips on how to implement this. I mentioned earlier, minimum effective dose in the clinical trials is two times a week. That's the bare minimum you wanna get in. And I'd say two to four times a week doing some strength training. This can start with basic body weight exercises. And so starting with some type of a push-up, you know, this is very basic and there's alternative push-ups you can do on your knees or you can do an incline push-up where you're maybe using your counter or your, the back of your couch or something like that. So getting really good at body weight exercises before you even move on to something that's heavier. Body weight squats as well. You know, you're working all of these major muscle groups and from there we can move on to, and this is what I really wanna transition people to is lifting some heavier items, okay. you know? And so this would be heavier weights, but lower reps. So this would be things like doing deadlifts, barbell mm -hmm. deadlifts. So doing the strength training process, you're working your muscles, obviously, you're working your brain, but you're also working your nervous system, right? This kind of extension of your mm -hmm. brain throughout your body. So what would the second thing be? For, the uh, second tip is going to be balance and speed drills. So why does this matter? There's this really fascinating thing that we get from doing certain types of exercise, which is an improvement in something called proprioception, right? Proprioception. So this is your, your brain and your body's ability to monitor itself and to be aware of itself in space. And so to maintain and even improve your proprioception, you could do some specific exercises. One of the best ones is, a, it's a hot exercise right now, is doing box jumps. So getting a platform, getting something to jump onto really recruits all of these different muscle fibers, but also mental, these, these neuronal fibers as well to do this particular movement. Start with maybe six inches, maybe a tiny stair, you know, just to get comfortable with the, with the movement. Or even outside of that, they are seeing some benefit for proprioception with just doing some jump squats. Okay. Right? So you don't have anything you're jumping onto, you're just going down into a squat and jumping up. But also we've got uh, more proprioception driven exercises like, have you ever done slacklining? I have not done slacklining. Or anything, you know, balance beam, any opportunity you get to work on your balance is gonna be really helpful for your brain. Number three, we've got a 2007 study conducted by German researchers, and they found that daily walking statistically improves working memory. Amazing. Right? Very, very simple. And we absolutely can deadlift as humans, we can, get a heavy barbell on our back and do squats, but are we really designed to do it? 
That's right. my question. Are we designed to do it? We can do it and it can get great effects, but are we designed to do it? What we 100% are designed to do out of everything as far as physical movement is walking. Mm -hmm. We're designed to do, that, to do that. Again, our genes expect us to do it. And to now understand that just simply walking can improve your working memory is really exciting. Listen to this, this is another one. This was Stanford researchers found that walking increased creative inspiration by an average of 60%. 60%. Versus sitting. And this effect was evident while and shortly after doing the walk. And it was anywhere just between five and 16 minutes. And this increased a certain flavor of creativity called divergent thinking. We tend to just think of things in one way, right? Like we have our way of thinking and trying to hammer against a problem instead of having this divergent thinking where we're quote thinking outside the box. Right. Because a lot of these hard challenges in our lives are problems. They have dozens of different answers, if not hundreds, if not thousands of different solutions. But we get so pigeonholed and focused on this, like we get this tunnel vision yeah. that this is the way and just keep hammering against it, trying to make a breakthrough. But this divergent thinking is improved by simply walking. And lastly, I wanted to share with you one of my favorite exercises that I do to boost focus and to keep my mind sharp. And it is a new skill for a lot of you. And it's something that takes a little bit of time to learn. It's not necessarily easy, but I feel like it's worth it. And so do this exercise, practice it a little bit each day. The bad news is it takes a little bit of effort. The good news, not as much as you think. And it's a great metaphor for not only learning, but also for your life. There's a study done in Oxford University saying jugglers actually have bigger brains. They create more white matter, and that's really exciting. And one of the things you could do to get that activity in is learning how to juggle. So what I want you to do is I want you to grab a ball. What we're gonna do is we're gonna start really small, all right? Because again, a little by little, a little becomes a lot. What you're gonna do is you're gonna start with one ball, just one ball. Now, I actually recommend you do it over a bed or over a couch because that way you're not chasing things all over the place. The other recommendation I would have is actually using a rolled up sock. Now, why would I ask you to roll up a sock? Is because they don't roll, it just falls flat. But what I want you to do is just with one ball in your dominant hand, I just want you to practice just tossing it from one hand to another. Now, one hand to another, right? And here's the thing, if you drop it, that's absolutely okay. Because remember, there's no failure, there's only feedback. Just toss it back and forth. Just toss it, and you're not gonna get it perfect. And people are like, Jim, I'm having trouble catching it. It's not so much the catch, but it's the toss. You want it to go about up to the top of your head. So you're creating an arc, it's going right to the top of your head, and then you're just catching it. Now, what you're gonna do is you're gonna practice this each day. And once you have the one ball down, then you're gonna introduce another ball or another sock, if you will. And what are you gonna do? One in each hand, just one in each hand, and you're gonna toss one. But here's what you don't wanna do. You don't wanna toss them at the same time, because why? They're just gonna to collide together, right? So you're not gonna do that. The other reason why is you're gonna pause. What you're gonna do is I want you to imagine two peaks. So imagine two peaks or two triangles. And what you're gonna to toss is you're gonna to toss one ball to the opposite peak, and when it reaches the highest point, that's your cue to toss the other ball. Internally, you can watch us on YouTube and Facebook also as well. A lot of you are listening to on Stitcher or iTunes, which is absolutely fine, or Pandora, Google Play. So what you're gonna do is watch this. One, two, three, and then you're gonna stop. One, two, three, stop. One, two, three. 
One, two, three. Remember, two peaks, one up to the one side, the other one to the opposite side. And again, the key is when it reaches its top, that's your cue to throw the other one because you can't throw them at the same time because that's not juggling. Both balls have to go in the air. One, two, three. And then finally, the next third step, when you master that or get good at that, you feel comfortable, then I want you to grab three balls, two in your dominant hand. And this is what it looks like, the finished product. And notice when I'm doing this, I'm looking right at you, I'm looking right at the lens if you're watching me on video. I can't look at all three balls, right? I only have two eyes. But in order to look at all of it, I soften my gaze and I can take more of it in, which is why it's a great exercise to be a faster reader. And so are you up for the challenge? We know the science behind jugglers and having bigger brains and making more connections. And also it's a great activity to do to actually relax your eyes when you're studying or get off the computer screen. It's just like meditation. You're not practicing juggling to get better at juggling. You're practicing juggling also to get better with your brain power and get better with your life. So what is the one new exercise you're going to do to build mental muscle? How are you going to move your physical body to be able to jumpstart your brain? And what I want you to do, and this is where the rubber meets the proverbial road. I want you to take a screenshot of this episode and uh, tag myself and tag the expert and share your one inspired action. What new exercise will you practice a little bit each day? What's your commitment moving forward? And literally, I'm using the word moving forward very purposely. And again, as always, I'll reshare some of my favorite from this episode. Remember, as your body moves, your brain grooves. I'll see you in the next episode. Want to double your brain speed and memory power? If you'd like to learn rapidly and get ahead faster, I'd like to give you my brand new Quick Brain Accelerator program. You will discover exactly what I teach my clients to learn, read, and remember anything in half the time. There is no charge. It's my gift to you for being one of our subscribers. That's kwikbrain.com. Growing up struggling with learning challenges from a childhood brain injury, it's been my life's mission to help you have your very best brain so you can win more every single day. Now, want more quick brain? Here are four ways to fast track your results and lock in what you just learned into your long-term memory. Remember fast, F-A-S-T. The F stands for Facebook. You're not alone on this journey. I invite you to join our free private online group. There you can connect with me, your fellow brain lovers, links to resources, and even submit your questions for me to answer in future episodes. Go to quickbrain.com. That's K-W-I-K brain.com. The A stands for apply. Act on what you learned today. Remember, knowledge is not power, it's potential power. It only becomes power when you use it. So use what you just learned. The S stands for subscribe. Don't miss the next episode and other free brain training. And finally, the T stands for teach. You want to learn faster now? The key is to lock it in right away by teaching it to someone else. When you teach something, you get to learn it twice. Here's a simple way to do that. Leave a review on iTunes. Leave a review with your biggest takeaway from this episode. You could also post and share this podcast on your social media. It helps us spread our mission of building better, brighter brains. And of course, tag us so our team can properly thank you. Hashtag quick brain, K-W-I-K brain. Mine is at Jim Quick, K-W-I-K, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So what does FAST stand for? Facebook, apply, subscribe, teach. 
I'll see you in our next episode of Quick Brain. Until then, remember, you are faster and smarter than you think. I hope you're enjoying this episode. And if you want to go deeper with many of these authors that we have on our podcast, these experts, I want to invite you to join our Quick Success program. This is our monthly lives that I do where I teach something brand new that we haven't taught before, answer your burning questions. And also we have something that people have been requesting for many years, a quick book club. This is your limitless book club where every single month we read a book together, uh, like a book provided by this author. And then we get the author to come online and join us for one hour. share going deeper in these strategies, how to put them into practice. Uh, I share my five tips for how to memorize things out of these books. Many people want to read a book a month or build up to that. And this would be the program. So if you want to join, just go to quicksuccess.com and get your spot and join us live and get to meet these authors very uh, up close and personal. And uh, back to the episode.